Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Thursday morning. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate all of you guys, our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. We want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way. The trip through the drive-thru at Strange Brew Coffeehouse here in Starkville or at Brupolo over in Tupelo. It'd be sort of weird, Robbie. Be a little odd if Brupolo was in Holly Springs. Burley, Burley Springs. Yeah, something like that. That would be weird. It would be weird. Well, wherever you are in this great state, you can get Strange Brew Coffee every morning. Just go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com and order it for shipping, and they'll bring it right to your door, and you can enjoy a delicious hot cup of coffee every morning with Strange Brew Coffeehouse. College Corner and collegecornerstore.com. That's the place to find maroon and white merchandise you can't find just anywhere else because nobody else has the biggest and best selection of it in central Mississippi. Check out two locations to serve you. They're here in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood by the Half Shell. Or you can always shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Humble Taco, Starkville's best Mexican restaurant over there on University Drive. Something different every time you go there. Such a great variety on the menu. It's not just tacos. The tacos are fantastic. Don't get me wrong, but they've got a lot of other stuff on the menu, too. And they're all Mexican classics that have been twisted and turned around. And it's just great stuff. It's unique. It's awesome. Check it out the next time you're in Starkville. Or if you're here, make it part of your uh, your plans to go to Humble Taco. If you're looking for a lunch idea today, Firehouse Subs might be the way to go. Download the free Firehouse Subs app today, and you can start ordering uh, online. Your order is ready within minutes when you pick it up, and boom, you're piling up reward points every time you order. You'll be eating free sandwiches before you know it. Locations in Starkville and Oxford, Columbus and Tupelo, Flowood and Madison, check out Firehouse Subs. This is the last ever Thunder and Lightning. Just going to let you guys know because I have to go to the Ole Miss National Championship Parade today, so I'm just going to drive off the road. And uh, whatever happens, happens. God, uh, that's going to be horrible. The, uh, the arrangements are being uh, handled by Coleman Funeral Home in Ackerman. He'll, Joel will have all of the details. Uh, my friend Riley Nelson will sing the Ave Maria. Uh, I have been told that uh, Alex McDaniel and Alex Payton of Super Talk Mississippi will play the flute and harp, respectively, at my funeral. Uh, and then I am quite sure that Robbie will uh, will give me a great. Robbie and Joel are planning to give me a great eulogy. So Alex McDaniel will end up playing Ford Rebels. You do know that, right? No, we, we. If that happens, you have my 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 from the grave permission to tackle her. <laughs> Send Becky up there. She'll she'll take care of that for me. Oh my goodness, man! I, but like I said, I mean Richard sat through that thing last year. You know yeah. that you know that killed him sitting there. So I mean, it's time you got to take your medicine. You already had to to deal. Well, he's going to be there thing. too. I was like, man, we got two guys. You know, I think we're good. 
I think a two man yeah. booth is the way to go. But did Borky come last year? He did not. He was not. See, in uh, see, there's no reason for you to go. Call in sick. <laughs> I'm scared. I'm scared. I ran out of gas. Go. My suit didn't come back from the cleaners. <laughs> there was an earthquake. A terrible flood. Locusts. <laughs> Something. Oh my goodness. Well. Let's make this last show of what uh, we'll start with the big news of Tuesday. And that's that Mike Leach has received a uh, contract extension and raise uh, pushing him out to 2025 salary up to $5.5 million uh, per season. When you think about that, that's a, that's a great raise, right? You think, yeah, 10% raise 500 K a year. Sounds great. Um, but at the same time, Robbie, I don't think it moves him that far up in the in, in the the salary rankings. So more just a sort of a token of appreciation more than anything else. Here's what I would think about Mike Leach and contracts. We might do this again in in six months. If Leach goes eight and four, nine and three, I could see State bumping him out another year and then giving him a real raise to like seven million or something like that. Does that seem yeah. seem, seem realistic? And, you know, it, it might have been agreed upon, and I don't think it's changed, but it might have been agreed upon whenever they first did this whole thing, when they hired Mike Leach, you're going to have a five-year contract or six-year deal mm. or whatever. Yeah. And so, you know, you can only go four years in the state of Mississippi. So perhaps that is, you know, the, the handshake agreement that they had or whatever we agree on, you know, after two years – you're going to be extended out another two years mm-hmm. or something like that. Maybe he has a six-year agreement. I don't know. Um, the real question I have is the buyout. If yeah. the buyout increased, I do not understand it. And I, here's the thing with me, and, and Borky brought this up yesterday on, uh, on Sports Talk. I feel like it has to have gone up, right? Just a buyout is usually what is left of the contract. Now, some – are ridiculous. Some are like 200%, 300% of the contract. Those are done by athletic directors who are morons, for lack of a better word. Like at Auburn. Like at Auburn. But for me, I, I mean, I would have to think that what, f- four years, $5.5 million is $22 million, right? The buyout has to be $22 million, right? Doesn't it? Uh, I don't know. You know, I'm not. I'm not really. I don't really know how contracts work. And state is not good about. And I'm not. <clears throat> I'm not trying to insult anybody, but they hide a lot. They. They. Well. They. 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 they I have never seen an MSU contract where we had the buyout information. Yeah. Um. I think most of the time you can find you can find that in in a freedom of information. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but even then, you know, I, I searched uh, a few years ago for Vic Schaefer's contract. And, uh, you know, I, I talked to John Cohen when they j- they were about to give him that monster contract that he had, which I think took him over $2 million. But in the uh, contract that I that I requested, it said like 600000 mm-hmm. So there's there's so much that gets hidden behind the Bulldog Club funds and stuff like that. I mean, we're never truly going to know how much a coach is making at Mississippi State. No, you're we're right. We're not going to know. the. But I, I think the buyout might be in the FO. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not entirely sure. I don't remember seeing the buyout in Vic Schaefer's. So and that might be hidden as well. But 
I mean, that they just have to put like the bare minimum on there. Like the, the, they, they don't have to put everything. You hit on something there about you know Mike Leach's salary from Mississippi State is five point five million dollars a year. He's probably uh, getting at least another million, probably more. When you talk about add-ons and everything else from the Bulldog Club, with you know, and with coaches' contracts, we never take into account that they, if they want a car, they're given it. They don't have a car note. Uh, clothes, I mean, if they need MSU a clothes, house, some some of them get, a, get house. a house. Yeah, I, I don't know that Leach's house is is the university is paying for that, but I don't know that. But but like for clothes, obviously you get all the athletic clothes you want, but then places like here in Starville, George Sherman has been clothing our coaches for decades you know if, they, if leach needs a suit he just goes to, to george sherman i don't know where he gets the cargo shorts from i ordered mine from jc Penney's. maybe he does the same old navy old the navy Gap. yeah yeah I, they don't have my size so i can't go to those places big and tall yeah well i mean jc Penney's just had big and tall so costco them right now i've never do they have clothes at costco they have tarps. i never, I never really is going to be the last thunder and lightning i'll tell you what i wish y'all could see how red robbie's face is right now <laughs> he looks like somebody who painted their face to go to a red wings game I mean, he is beat red <laughs> are you done now i'm done okay i appreciate that <laughs> this is one where i may have to clip the video of this and send it out i may do that <laughs> <laughs> oh, Good but stuff. if anybody else makes that joke towards you, we're gonna yeah. fight. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it's only me. It's only I that can do that. Beauty and the Beast. If anybody else calls you Beast, like Bobcat the other day. Yeah, exactly. Bobcat guy. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't. I didn't appreciate that. Anyway, Mike Leach extended contract. Um, his deal was set to expire. I guess next season so so from a recruiting perspective this is something you sort of had to do the the win the the raise people some people are are a little you know ticked about the raise he got better year one to year two i don't care what you think of anything else the fact of the matter is they went from four wins to seven that's not only not only that the raise it is not only that i mean the the team looked completely different yes so i mean you know, I, I just don't get this this hate for Leach at this point. It's really he's weird. shown he's shown incremental improvement. It's not like the guy is just tailing off, and people are like, "Well, you know, he better do it this year." He's get, like, "Well, I mean, let's give him a chance to do it." He's he showed improvement from year one to year two, drastic improvement. It was just th- it was three wins difference, but the team looked completely different than they did in year one, and you have to believe that they're going to look different this year too. They've got to be better. They're returning everybody. So, I mean, I, I just – it seems like we've forgotten who Mike Leach is as a head coach. He doesn't have – he doesn't crash and burn. Yeah. He doesn't just blow up in the air. I mean, this is a guy that's been steady his entire career, no matter where he's been. He's had, what, four losing seasons, three or four losing seasons in like 20 years or whatever. And um, I think three of those – or his first year or second year at the school. I guess within the Washington first three State. years of the school. He never had a losing season at Tech. He had two at Washington State, and obviously he had one at Mississippi State his first year here. Yeah, so, I mean, and like you said, 
constant improvement last year. That team got better. They tailed off at the end of the year, but you've got to believe that they're going to be better this year. And so, I mean, that this is what you do in college athletics. This is what happens when you have improvement. Most of the time, you the at the end of the year, you get a raise. Um, and I mean, you can argue. I can I can argue vehemently against him making five point five million dollars, considering he has a losing record. But that's the price to pay for an SEC coach right now. Yeah. I mean, that's still probably towards the bottom of the SEC. Without looking, I would assume the only two that make less that I can think of. Beamer probably makes less because he's new. Drinkwitz probably makes less. Clark Lee, obviously, is going to make less. Other than what, that, is, what is Kiffin making? Because, you know, he was below. Five. Okay, so he went way up. Yeah. He got a big raise. Because he was – wasn't he below Leach? I think he was like four Like eight. in the fours. So yeah. he got like a $3 million raise. Yeah, which he won 10 games last year. Yeah, no, no, no. That's deserved. And he has to get it or he's gone. He's going somewhere else. Exactly. They, they gave him a salary that would be competitive with the, the types of schools that would come after him. Yeah. So, I mean, they, they want Lane Kiffin to remain their coach. They made the investment to do so. Good on them. Good on them. So, so Leach – Got the uh, the extension. I, I like I said. I think six months from now we could see a, a second extension, and I could see Leach moving up into that kind of uh, salary range, that seven million dollar range, if he has the kind of season he should have in twenty uh, twenty two. I guess we'll talk me a little bit off of one ledge. I'm on another ledge because of this national championship thing. But for one other ledge, maybe we can talk myself down. Let's play the song. All right, State dips into the transfer portal for baseball. Amani Larry, a second baseman out of the University of New Orleans, UNO. That used to be a powerhouse uh, baseball program. Has not been the same re- in recent years, basically post-Katrina. But Larry had a – who I'm just going to call Larry, by the way. If you're a soccer fan, I know you're not, Robbie, but there's a lot of players that just sort of go by one name, and a lot of times it's their last name. They, like, they, don't, they don't go by Robbie Falk. You would just be Falk. Like Yao Ming was? Yeah. Wasn't his name like Ming Yao? Yes. We just call him but Anyway, Yao. I'm just calling this guy Larry. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not worried with Amani. But anyway, he led the privateers in basically every offensive category last year, including batting average, home runs. He was second in RBI. He stole 16 bases. A Mississippi uh, junior college prospect out of maybe the greatest junior college in the state of Mississippi, East Central. Isn't that right? And there might not be a close second. Might not be. Might not be. Middle infielder, second baseman, state now feels pretty you gotta feel pretty good with him and Forsyth. Although I think <clears> they <throat> might still go after a couple of guys here just to provide some competition. But and they got, you know, the junior the college guy. For, they got the junior college guy, Nate, Nate Chester, too. Yeah. So I think this I think this is a good piece for Mississippi State. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, 370 hitter. The thing that you notice when you look at his his uh hitting from JUCO to uh D one which two different levels, but I mean, junior college is, you're going to face some strong pitch in there too, but the guy just hits, he hits everywhere he goes and it's, it, he doesn't go into slumps. He doesn't uh, have really bad at bats. He struck out 44 times and over 400 at bats in, in three years. I mean, that is, that's exceptional. I mean, that, that's hitter for next year. I think so. I think he's got the ability to do it. I think 
him and Colton Ledbetter should be in your top four. Mm-hmm. Those those two transfers should immediately be in your top four. And this guy's not going to have the power of R.J. Yeager, but you can. I think you can see a similar impact at second base. I, I don't think that's. I don't think that's. Uh, well, I mean, far fetched at all. You don't need eighteen home runs out of the guy, but he had nine no. UNO. So can he have ten at Mississippi State? If you're getting ten home runs out of your leadoff guy, I mean, that's what can he have? That's what Rowdy Jordan gave you, basically. Can he have fifteen doubles? Yeah, that would be can great. Can you hit gap to gap? Can you? I mean, really, another thing that's really impressive is when he gets on base, he scores. Yeah, he scored. I think fifty something times last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, had seventy something hits. So, like more often than not, when he's on base, he's going to score. He's going to put pressure on the defense. He's going to uh, be able to, uh, you know, really execute a hit and run. I think he can hit gap to gap. So I, I think this is a great get for State. And they're really, uh, you know, the guys that they're getting. I know, I know that we talked about the panic and just, you know not having gotten a, a ton of guys just yet, mm-hmm. but the ones that they have got, they fill roles for you. Mm-hmm. You got your outfielder and Colton Ledbetter, who not only can field, he can hit for power, for average. So that helps you there. You know, could be your center fielder, and they struggled with center field all last year. He can hit towards the top of the lineup. Uh, you got Amani, who's going to be able to defend. He had a 987, I think, uh, fielding percentage at second base, pretty strong. Three errors all year, that's really good. Uh, so he's going to be able to defend. He's going to be able to hit for, for average. Uh, going to be a really good top of the order at uh, bat. Um, and then you have you know your pitchers. You got Landon Gartman, who I think can start for you in the weekend, possibly a Sunday starter, and be really good. Pounds of strike zone, really good pitcher. And then uh, who else do we have? We have uh, Nate Dom, the, the guy from Ball State. Mm-hmm. Who can fill right a lot now, of roles? It just depends on what he what he is. Well, he's got the stuff. Yeah, you know he he can be a middle relief guy. I mean, you, you don't have that. The good thing about him is you don't have. To, he's not one of those that you're relying on heavily right now. He's he's just a luxury piece. If he gets it together and he's throwing strikes, then you have a premium arm. You got a guy that's throwing 97, 98, good good slider that can come in there and and get batters out in the middle of innings. Mm-hmm. So right now. It just it's it's a solid nucleus of those guys. You gotta add some more pieces. You gotta get big fish like Paul Skeens. Mm-hmm. Um, another guy that I think they really need to land is Aaron Nixon, who can be their back end of the bullpen guy from Texas. Yeah. So there's just a few pieces left, and I think this team can be right back in the mix of where they want to be if they get these guys on board. Skeens is like is vital. You, you've got to get him. That is your Friday night starter. He can yeah. he can catch if you need him to. He can hit every day. You really need that guy. Another guy I really like is this Bill Knight guy from uh, from Mercer, who apparently has visited here. Uh, had a good year last season for the Bears, uh, and, and you know apparently tight with a uh, with R.J. Yeager and and a guy who's you know giving him a great you know hey we had a good year over here at Mississippi you know you can have a good good setup at Mississippi State seventeen bombs over at Mercer. I feel like the translation from Mercer to Mississippi State for power works. So I expect, you know, if he could come to Mississippi State, he could be another another guy in double-digit home runs for the Bulldogs. And then, with, then we're talking about, especially if you get Skeens, you got a lot of power in this lineup. A lot with Clark and Hines coming back already. Ledbetter, if you can add Knight, if you can add Skeens. If Hancock stays, he's a potential double-digit home run guy. He had 10 two seasons ago and seven last year. 
a lot of pop in this lineup. Of course, it it's still important to get a lot of pitching, but State should be in a good spot if they land those guys uh, from a uh, from a power perspective. Absolutely, and I like uh, I really like uh, the night kid, and, and you know State is two for two on Mercer guys. Yeah, Nate Lowe, Nate Lowe, and RJ Yeager. Got a good pipeline. Yeah. Which Nate Lowe transferred to junior college, but he played at Mercer, so we'll count it. Yeah. Um, so you know, you got a chance to go three for three here with Bill Knight, and that that basically seals up your outfield if that happens. Yeah. Yeah. You, you Knight, Clark, and Ledbetter, Ledbetter in the outfield. Yeah. And then all three of those guys can really mash. Yeah. Oh, between so, those I mean, three that, guys, you should be around 50, 50 plus home runs. You would think. If you if you land Knight and you land. Nixon and Skeens. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter whatever you get. This is a dynamite transfer class. Yeah, yeah. You would like to maybe get one more pitcher in there, one more. Yeah, you, you can get another guy or two, but it do, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who it is. Yeah, you have nailed it in the transfer portal. It's, if you're telling me like next year, your your starting your rotation is Friday Skeens, Saturday Kate Smith. I feel pretty good. Oh man! I'll figure and then out. Gar- Gartman on Sunday. If Gartman's Gartman your on Sunday, Sunday starter, and then hopefully Nixon and Casey Hunt in the back of the the bullpen, and then ah. like perhaps like if you somehow get Bradley Lofton to school, Bradley Lofton's your your or midweek Holcomb. starter. Shoot, yeah, I'm you telling go. you, man, that's <laughs> it's. I mean, th- there's so many things that have to come together, but State can turn that's, this thing around. Quickly. That's the key. They have to come together, but if they go the right way, yeah, Mississippi State could be in really good shape. All right, let's move on into the second half of the show. That's brought to you by our friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council who want to remind you that beef, it's what's for dinner. If you're cooking out this weekend, if you're cooking out for the fourth, why not beef, man? Burgers, steaks, always a great idea. How about some beef kebabs, man? Always a good idea. Uh, Brisket, tri-tip, all sorts of things going on there. You want to check it out. Head to your local uh, grocery store. Head to your local butcher and tell them you want to pick up some beef. They'll always take got great deals, and they've always got good ideas for you. If you're looking for recipes of your own, go to msbeef.org. That's a great place to find some ideas for what to cook every weekend when it comes to beef. Beef, it's what's for dinner. Thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District. That's the place to find smoked southern soul food. Not open on the 4th of July, but you know, you can always go on the 2nd of July, go on the 5th of July, go any other time, get some great food. Why would you not do it? Next week, Robbie, we're going back to two brothers. Just go ahead and put it on your calendar. Just go ahead and let you know. I mean, I I think I'm going Friday. I'm sorry I'm going without you, but again, for the second I, time. I'm not going to be here Friday. Okay. Matter. Well, I think I'm going to go Friday with Friday for uh, dinner with, or Friday for lunch? For lunch with a uh, with a special guest. And um But I'll be here Friday for lunch. Well, this is a this is a business meeting, Brian. Oh, Okay. Well, you go right ahead. Sir, I mean, you can go whenever you want. So you can go to Two Brothers. I guess. You know I what? I, after today, I'm going to be. I felt dead. our friendship was fractured the other night when you told me you hated me. What did I tell you that for, though? What, what did you What did you do? Because I posted something that was uh, related to Ole Miss, and you got mad, and I said. I don't hear it all the time. You told me not to post it anymore, and I said no. And you said I hate you. You're worse than Hunter. Yeah, I do what I want. You're worse. I'm a grown man. Are you? I'm 33. I guess. Anyway, we say all that to say that Two Brothers is awesome, and you should go eat there. Two Brothers smoked meats in the heart of the Cotton District. 
Great products and great service. Everybody has it, but who really delivers on it? Well, you can check the, the stats. If they've been open for 47 years, probably they, they, they have taken care of their customers because nobody else stays in business that long like Advantage Business Systems has. They've been taking care of their customers for all this time. They're a Mississippi business just like you. They want to help you. They want to be a part of what makes you successful. When you need technology, they have it. And when it, invariably something goes wrong, they fix it. And a lot of times it's in the same day. You're not dealing with somebody across the ocean on a call center, and you're certainly not dealing with an out-of-state contractor that could take a week or two to finally get to your location. Call Advantage Business Systems and put them to work for you. Number 601-362-9192 or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. Let's go straight into our interview, and then Robbie and I will come back after that. I talked to Nubias Wilborn. He covers the Auburn Tigers for AL.com. That's this week's opponent preview. Let's hear what he has to say about the Tigers. So let's push along on our opponent preview series. We're talking about the Auburn Tigers. That game we played November 5th here at uh, Davis Wade Stadium in Starkville. Tobias Wilborn joins me. He covers the Tigers for AL.com. We've had him on Sports Talk Mississippi a few times. Always a great interview. Tobias, you may not know this about me, but I have made a brand of hating on Auburn. <laughs> every year I tell people the same thing. This is a four-loss team at best. And every year I'm right. So I want you to try to sell me that I'm wrong this year on this Auburn team because, honestly, I, I don't have very high expectations for this squad. Well, I mean, you wouldn't exactly be the only one. And it'd be a lot easier to talk about what Auburn doesn't have than what they do have. I mean, right now we don't know who the starting quarterback is going to be. We presume – that is going to be Zach Calzada, but let's see how he comes back from, you know, a pretty serious shoulder injury. Um, Calzada looked good at the uh, Fort Texas A&M in the game, but he beat Alabama. So, I mean, obviously at Auburn beating Alabama's a slight bit of a big deal, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> a little bit, right? right? So, you know, anytime you get somebody who has beaten Alabama as Auburn, you're going to go for it. But, I mean, if not him. Then it'll be TJ Finley. And well, I mean, we saw some good with Finley, but also we saw a lot of bad, unfortunately. Um, mistimed throws, you know, misreading on coverage, things of that nature. But, you know, the kid's got a nice arm. They got the Ashford kid, and you got Holden Grenier. So one of those four young men will be the Auburn starting quarterback. If one of them can equal to what Bo Nix did, then hey. You might be talking about a Auburn team that doesn't give up a 28-3 lead against Mississippi State last year. As I'm sure you remember that game. So, I, I mean, to be honest, this is a year where I guess there's one way you look at it, right? Like, this is a year where you wouldn't have to be hating on Auburn to think they're not going to be any good because look at what happened. Oh, and by the way, Back in February, the school tried to throw a coup on the football coach. That didn't work, by the way. And now you have him. And, you know, I, I don't know how this is going to go, which by Auburn standards could be they could win a national championship. That, that's a good point. When, when, you, when you're finally ready to give up on Auburn, that's when they show up and have a tremendous season. That would be a, a surprise to me this year. I love Auburn's backfield. Biggs being Hunter – Really great talents. I think they may be one of the best one-two punches, not just in the SEC, but in the country. But at the receiver position, I, I just look at these guys and I'm like, there's nobody that just scares me. Who, who are who are the you know Finley Calzada, whoever wins this job, who are they throwing to? 
uh, tight ends um, like <laughs> Landon King and, and John Chambers Shaker, those guys. But no, I mean, look, they, their receiver core doesn't exactly have the big names. They did get a kid from who transferred from Miami that they're really high on, a local kid that they like. So maybe within some of those guys, uh, Cedric Jackson could be a guy who might finally really see his profile going up. But yeah, no, I mean, they lost. Out of any group, they lost the most out of the receiving group and seemingly didn't replace it with a whole lot. So I don't know, to be honest. Um, it will be one of those things that we're going to have to figure out. I do agree with you on the running backs, which is what they're saying. Like, they want to be the kind of team that runs the ball to, to get yards and win games. Will that work in 2022? I don't know, but we'll be here to talk about it. Defensively, I love Derek Hall, Mississippi kid. has has been a great player for Auburn. Owen Popo, I mean, that guy was one of the top recruits in the country. He's been a good player. But this is not the front seven you, you expect to see from Auburn. You know, that's usually a dominant force in college football. And this year, again, the names just aren't overly familiar to me. Often, defensively, how does this team stack up up front? I mean, look, I think there will be a situation where they'll be decent defensively. Obviously, look, when you lose your starting cornerback to the first round of the NFL draft, you lose Roger McCreary, you lose Smoke Monday, that's a lot lost. A lot of the names now will be guys that may be good, but we don't know yet. By the way, Ikuoka definitely makes them at edge rush a real thing. We talked a little bit about, about Harson and what happened there. I mean, it's tough to process him unless he has an incredibly successful season being the Auburn head coach in, in 2023. Am, am I far off on that, or do you think Iron Bowl at the end of the season could be the end of the Brian Harson era at Auburn? Man, it's tough, man, and it changes all the time. He went on a major barnstorming tour during the spring, going to all the Auburn ambush events they had with alumni. I mean, he played in – Jimmy Rain's golf tournament. He played in Bo Jackson's. I mean, the guy's been everywhere pounding the pavement trying to get people to like him. Um, and with some people, it's working. With some people, it's not. And some of it, it doesn't matter if he wins the national championship. They're still not going to want to be the coach. So, I don't know. I mean, do I think they could have, I would say, a maybe eight, nine win season? I, I can see a path to that. I really could. Because if you look at last year, they were a team that lost most of their games pretty closely. They even played Georgia pretty well. And I mean, they should have beat Alabama. So you could argue they had a bit of luck. They probably were a 9 10 win team last year. And I don't know how much better or worse they are than where they were last year, which is a concern, but also you're in the SEC. So I saw that to say it is very possible that Brian Harson could complete his contract and be the Auburn coach for the next few years. It is also very possible that they can get out to a slow start. He's going by the LSU game. I don't know. This game over the past decade has sort of been a swing game. The team that wins it goes on to have a pretty decent season. The other team you know, will struggle sometimes to get to six wins. Uh, State goes over to Auburn last year and wins that game. Two years ago, Auburn came over here and absolutely dominated Mississippi State. Uh, and what ended up being Small Zahn's last game as head coach, what a an odd situation that was. But, of course, we're talking about Auburn and coaches. Odd situations are kind of uh, the norm over there. For, for looking ahead to this season, you know, Mississippi State's air raid offense, it gave Auburn fits last year. 
especially in the second half. Are, are they better equipped in 2022 to deal with Will Rogers in this offense? Well, I mean, that was the thing you would think. You would think so. But, I mean, give Will Rogers credit in the second half. They just kept figuring it out. They just kept on making plays. It was incredulous to watch. Of all the football games, sporting events I've ever covered, other than obviously the Atlanta Falcons Super Bowl, which, you know, we won't even go there for today in my emotional Well, I'm a Saints Uh, fan, so you can go there all you want, friend. Oh, see, not doing that today. But, but, you know, look, it – I mean, it was it was dramatic. I mean, it was it was literally one of the in the first half of that game, the Auburn football team looked like a top fifteen team in the country, and in the second half, they're like a bottom fifteen team. Yeah, and unfortunately, that has been a thing for Auburn over the last couple of years. They showed a lot of that in, during that five game losing streak last year. I would think that they're better equipped as far as. They say that they're closer. They say they're more bonded. They say the spring football went great. They tell us, you know, things are going well right now. Again, we won't know till we'll see it. And, you know, I know in this business, we're supposed to have definitive answers, but we don't. Because, again, this goes back to, I think their offensive line will be better than last year because a lot of those guys suffered through some injuries. They have a very experienced offensive line, but then, you know, statistically, they weren't very great last year. So will they be better with guys being healthy? Yes. If the offensive line is good, that will probably help them maybe keep some drives going when they get a big lead. Also, I assume the defensive line is going to be solid. I assume their linebackers like by Papo will be decent. And now the quarterback room, we'll see. Because as you remember that game, real Rodgers, I don't think he threw a pass over 10 yards most of that game. Yeah. I mean, just straight, just digging and dunking and after a while, it just beats up on you. And it's such a unique style of offense they play. When they get rolling, man, you can't stop them. So I sound like to say Auburn should be a better situation to do it, but then you got to go to Stark Vegas. And who knows what's going to happen there? Should be a very interesting It always is an interesting game on the schedule for me when Mississippi State takes on Auburn. Tobias Wilborn from AL.com. Thanks so much for your time, man. We'll talk to you, obviously, when we get closer to the season uh, and this game starts coming up on us. Appreciate it, man. Awesome, man. Thank you, man. Yep. All right, thanks to Tobias for his time. Always appreciate that. Uh, Robbie, as I said in the interview, this is always a swing game, right? This is always you know, the winner of this game, seven, eight wins. Loser of this game, six wins or worse. It's just that's the way it's been for basically a decade uh, now. And these games have more or less always been pretty close. Auburn has a couple of, of, of blowout wins. Uh, Mississippi State uh, got a, a couple of easy wins that, here and there. But for the most part, these games have been very, very close. Last, last year, this game broke Auburn. Now, obviously, Bo Nix getting hurt was a big piece of it, but I think mentally they were just never the same after blowing that lead. And I wonder if there's some hangover to that coming into this year, if they're like, can we stop them or, or not? Because when I look at this Auburn defense, it's not star-studded. It's not the Auburn defense as we've seen in the past. Offensively, I don't see a lot of firepower. We did Auburn on the preview the other day, and we both had them, I think, four and eight or five and seven, something like that. We just don't like this team. I think that Mississippi State gets this, the month of November off to a good start with a win here in this game. Yeah, I'm leaning that way, too. I just, you know, as much flack as people gave Bo Nix, when he was on, he was on. And it's like he always seemed to have that game against State. 
you know, even when he did he didn't play extremely well uh year uh not last year but the year before 2020 but he still performed well down the stretch and they won that ball game and then he had that monster game against state his freshman year he's not there anymore and when he's when he got injured in that game last year they were they just completely melted mm-hmm. and uh like you said kind of the beginning of the end for them and they were that was the, as good as they had been playing too uh, coming in that that ball game in that first half, just continued what they were doing. Did they play Ole Miss the week before? They did. That was, okay, and I don't you know, know they beat Ole before, but it was close. Yeah, you know they be, <clears throat> they beat Ole Miss, and you know Corral was dealing with that injury similar to to um, Bo Nix, mm-hmm. and then you know the Carlson like tore his ACL or something in that game too. It was just like a disaster day really for well. Auburn. Um, you know, at this point. It really just kind of depends. You know, Auburn is such a weird team. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I could see them, you know, somehow like just getting freaky hot and and having a big game here. But this kind of feels like the, you know, the tail end of Brian Horson's tenure there. Yeah. I just, I don't, I don't know if he's going to survive this. And, the and signs are there. Nebias said it sort of best. It's possible that. He could have a good year and still get, you know, he could. Albert is a place where coaches can go ten and two, and people still want to fire yes. because of the pressure of, of playing up against Alabama and knowing that they're probably going to win another national title this year. So we'll see what happens in this game. But I, when I look at it, just here on paper, obviously it's just June, but this looks like a game Mississippi State should win relatively easily. I, I just don't think Auburn has the the horses defensively to. Uh, to slow down Will Rogers in the offense, and then offensively, I just don't think they have the playmakers. I love the backs. I love Big Bigby and uh, and Hunter. But yeah, they always seem to have some studs. Yeah, I mean, that's since I was a kid. But they, at the same time, they just don't have the weapons in the passing game, or at least they don't have them on paper right now that make you say, okay, they have they're able to be balanced. And I, I mean, their quarterback play, it, be it Calzada or Finley. I just don't like either one of those guys. There's neither one of them scary. Exactly. So. And 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 Harson too is he was just a last year. I don't know if it's just a bad year. I didn't keep up with Boise enough, but he was just really bad at game management. Yeah. Play calling, like the way they handled themselves, like down the stretch in ball games, was just bad. They choked a, a few games away. I mean, not just the Mississippi State game, but obviously the Iron Bowl and the way they played other games. So yeah. All right. Next week is technically a bye week, so we'll skip a, an opponent preview, uh, and then we'll come back uh, in two weeks to look at the Alabama Crimson Tide. So that should be zero fun uh, there. I don't know who will be hosting the show at that time, but we'll see. There, there's no fun happening anywhere right now. Yeah, exactly. All right, guys, have a great Thursday. Robbie and I will be back with you on uh, Friday. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk.
Mississippi Media Production.